everybody. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. I am Nat, and I'm joined by the lovely Jimin. Hello. <laughs> oh, she's and... on my falling. Hello. Oh. <laughs> yes, and we are back. We were back, actually, like, last week or whatever, but the audio done got messed up, so sorry, yeah. guys. But now we're sorry. officially back. This is... And it was a good conversation, so exactly. I know you that, but... Sorry. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> yes but anyways guys we are back and we are here to talk about all the all of the fun things in k-pop that have been happening recently i am excited let's start with what are you listening to funny you should ask i feel like so for a lot for a while now these past couple of weeks i've been listening to a lot of k-pop but now i'm kind of like not really listening to anything <laughs> strangely like except for some of the newer releases and just checking out what's out there and you know kind of get checking the temperature on that but yeah i'm actually kind of not listening to anything that is recognizable and not royalty free lo-fi hip-hop so <laughs> what about you well flow just dropped their ep and I'm really liking it. It flows like these three girls from England and they're bringing back the whole Destiny's Child 702 kind of feel music wise. And they had that song Cardboard Box that kind of blew up on the internet, like I want to say earlier this year. And they just dropped their first EP and a new single called Immature and their EP is called The Lead. It drops over the weekend. It's fantastic. It is R&B. They brought vocals back. I've missed them dearly, <laughs> but it's still fresh and new <laughs> and, you know, what you would expect from that sort of era and sound of, K- of I was going to say K-pop, of R&B <laughs> girl groups. So mm-hmm. definitely check out Flow. Outside of that, I've just been listening to like Joe. Joe had a birthday the other day, so I followed this R&B Twitter page and it's like, you know, what's your favorite Joe songs? So that had me in a Joe mood recently so i was listening to a lot of joe i was listening to a lot of in hypen the other day because they dropped their newest song their chicago drill song and i was like this does not sound like anything i've ever heard of from them so i'm i made i went on station head and i was like we're just gonna listen to every single in hypen song and we're gonna figure this out so i have determined that they do make good music but this is just an outlier this this recent comeback is just an outlier so the recent comeback is not good or good yeah. i'm confused it, it's weird because it's like okay why 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 is the korean group doing drill like chicago drill music yeah like, that, that's why? very strange i okay yeah. so my whole thing with nhi pen is i will never forgive big hit for not giving two by two what they deserve so i'm just not listening to nhi pen out of spite and also <laughs> their members just seems super unlikable okay i probably shouldn't say that but <laughs> i don't know like everything i watch about them i don't know maybe i just gotta warm up to them i'm not I gonna don't... get attacked by pennies they're no they're called enginies Engines? Engines? So it's about time. I mean, I like their stuff, but I do not like, I think I've reached my, I feel like I peaked with God 7 and I don't really need to learn about any other groups anymore. So I just listen to their music. When I need, you know, personalities or, you know, to know more about the members, I just go back to the people that I already know and I'm kind of okay with that because most of these people are children and I'm just not here for for kids for the most part so i'm just like okay (laughs) 
and hype in, make your little music. That's fun. I like it, but I don't really know if I need to know any, I don't need to know any of your names. I really don't. And I, don't, I know people are, oh, you know, well, how do you get to know the music if you don't know the people behind it? I'm like, are they behind it? Or is Big Hit and their company behind it? Facts. So, yeah, anyways. But I did like In Hyphen Funk, and their newest single is growing on me. I'm not going to lie. So it is what it is. And, yeah, I think that's it. Just, you know, been listening to my same stuff. A lot of Taeyeon lately. A lot of GOT7 still. And that's that. But let us get into comebacks. There were a lot. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, out of the huge list, why don't we talk about the ones that we liked? Okay, the, the ones we liked or the ones yeah. that stood out? Because the ones that stood out the and the one out. Okay. Okay, the ones that we that stood so, out. The ones that stood out for me, I would say WSJN last sequence. I mean WJSN last sequence. That was actually really interesting. I it got me like don't get me wrong there were parts of it i'm like okay i've heard this before but there were parts of it i was like oh that's good and it it really stood out which is interesting because i i don't have a lot of familiarity with them and i i don't recall liking much of their things in the past mostly because it's just not up my alley not that it's not good i think it's good it's just very different from what i'm used to and then i also like a sparkling by chunga which is Mm -hmm. interesting because i believe that chunga is (laughs) talent is something that <laughs> anyway, um, congratulations. I listened to Luna flip that and I literally don't remember it. That's how, that's crazy to think that like Luna could go from being one of my favorite girl groups. I literally can't remember their songs. And then, of course, you know good and well, I didn't listen to No Super Junior. You have to listen to No Super Junior. <laughs> and last time I checked, I'm not on SM's payroll, but I, the, the other song I listened, I listened to all of a lot of the, the songs, but another song that stood out to me was Charlie Puth and Jungkook, not for good reasons. I thought it was generic. I thought Jungkook sounded great. And I, I thought I want to hear him singing more songs about sleeping with people in their beds and stuff like that. That sounds messed up and weird, but I think his voice suits that type of... Remember back in the day when we all used to like Chris Brown before he <laughs> was outed as like a horrible person? I feel like Jungkook could pull off the type of things Chris Brown used to do, that type of music. And I I like that kind of music. I'm not going to lie to you. That was, it was some decent music. Charlie Puth, gross, never want to hear his voice again. Yeah, like those are the ones that I really either remember or the ones that I was disappointed by. I really was disappointed by Luna. I also listened to my first Card song ever. Never listened to Card. You never listened to Card? Um, Okay, um, let me, okay, how do I put this? I've listened to them, I feel like, because of this show, but I don't remember any of those songs, okay. if I have. Okay. I do remember that vaguely, for some reason, that they made music that was basically Tropical House, and that's yeah. all they did. And that seems to ring true, because I'm Ring the Alarm has elements of that, and I'm like, it is 2022. We are in our rock era, okay? <laughs> we, we're not in our Tropical House era. <laughs> We're, we're, we're moving past that. Like, some people just don't want to let stuff go. And I mean, it, here's how I feel. If it's not your native music, it sounds weird. It's kind of weird for you to keep doing it, especially if you're not evolving, like, the genre, you know? I don't know. But maybe I'm tripping. Maybe you have something, some other different comments on card. Well, I really did, like, bring the alarm. Mostly because, though, I, like, 
Card hasn't actually made this type of music since their pre-debut, in my opinion. They were doing a lot of like bomb bomb and that trigger song, Samso, which wasn't the same sort of fun tropical house stuff that they did with Ring the Alarm. I feel like this is more reminiscent of their second single and their third like pre-debut single. What are those songs called? Now that I, I obviously now that I need to remember the songs, I cannot remember the start the songs. But re, is it reasons? No. It is rumor, yes. And don't recall those two. Those are my two favorite card songs. And the, Ring the Alarm is reminiscent of those songs from pre-debut. Because technically their debut song is Ohola, like Ola Ola or something like that. And I never liked that. I didn't like You and Me. I, Bomb Bomb was okay. But there were a lot of songs in between that I just never liked because they did change their sound. <laughs> so them going back to that pre-debut song is actually good for me because I like it. I think card works really well in that space. So... I liked it. And I just missed seeing JSF. So, you know, that was also a really good thing for me. Who else? I I thought Espa's Girls was underwhelming compared to their other title tracks, like Black Mamba, Next Level, and Savage. I feel like Girls is definitely at the bottom of that. I mean, it's not bad. It's just... And I've noticed that the girls still don't have much in terms of stage presence and that they heavily rely on cameras and camera angles, you know, to make it more exciting than it is because they were on GMA and it was given nothing, not a thing. I mean, at least they were singing live, yay, but that was it. And I don't know, WJ Sen's last sequence is okay to me. I know when people really liked it, I was just like, yeah. I think that uh, honestly for me, I know I, I know I complain a lot about pitch, but the pitch is just too high for me. I was just like, I'm sorry, you just need to, like it's given heart attack, but heart attack from AOA is a thousand times better and super catchy. So I can forgive them for high pitch. Whereas with this, I was just like, can you even sing this without a backtrack? Like, can you even sing this? I don't believe you can. I don't know. It's just, it was not really given much for me. Vivis had love aid and I thought that it was giving too much sister without sister personality sisters funk and sisters vocals so i was just like i think that was one song if i remember correctly i was this sounded like something i've definitely heard before yeah i know we say that a lot but i just remember there was a song that i heard i think it was that one where i was like somebody else sang this exact song and did it better (laughs) love it is literally like a tried and true sister song for the summer literally so i mean and also those girls are signed, I think, to the same company as Soyu from Sistar. And they actually did a performance together at some company concert they did a couple months ago. So, I mean, I'm pretty... Th- and and they did Queendom 2 with Hewlin, Hewlin from Sistar. So, you know, I can see why they would want to go with that influence because it is, you know, a good one. But also Red, Red Velvet had Red Flavor, which is not a Sistar song, and they were able to become Queens of Summer because of that. So... Maybe, you know, Vivis is still a new group, you know, coming out of the shadow of G-Friend. So, you know, I'm going to give them some time to find their own identity. We'll see. But yeah, I think that was it for me. I know Nyan's pop came out and it's cute. It's just not doing much for me. I'm sorry. It just sounds like one long verse. I just... Yeah, it was... That one, I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. And then J-Hope also came out with more, which... 
you know, happened. I'm interested to see his album. It has, his album actually does drop this week. So I'm interested to see how that comes around. And Mark, in terms of comebacks that we should expect that are going to be pretty big, Ipsy's coming back this week. As I said, J-Hope's coming back. Who else? Yes, Super Junior came back this week. They saw Mango's kind of cute, not going to lie. And there was, oh, the A-Pink subunit came out. It was all right. I mean, there's just so much K-pop. It's hard to kind of keep track of all of it. So, but yeah, I think that should be it for comebacks and debuts and all of that fun stuff. Let us get into the topics. And the first topic is going to be good news. All members of TWICE re-signed with JYPE. Good news to whom? To their fans, to the onces, um, <laughs> the I'm shareholders, happy. and the shareholders. I'm happy for Twice. I mean, I figured that they would stay with JYP because I don't think any of them could do. Like Nyan had a successful solo because of the fan base. I don't think she had a successful solo because she is solo material per se. And I don't necessarily think that any member of Twice is solo material at this point. I don't. I just feel like they're so. Their identity is so wrapped up in twice the group, the brand, that they don't have individual personalities or anything, really. Yeah, when I think of twice, I definitely just think a blob of humans. I don't, I I really do not think of them individually. Yes. It's just, and and to me, it will be strange too, as well. So. Yeah, I mean, they they could definitely surprise us. Like, Sunmi, before Sunmi became a solo star, I didn't expect, you know, much from her as a soloist either. So there's definitely room for them to prove us wrong. It's just, if Nyan's going to be the indicator, it's not really much of an indicator. And also, too, if you look at their contemporary, or, or their predecessors, sorry, like, Girls' Generation, all those nine girls had personality. They had spunk. They, they were individuals but they were also the brand. You know what I mean? So Well, see, it's actually interesting you say that and to talk about, kind of go back to your how you misspoke and if you look at their contemporary because yeah. if you look at their contemporaries, twice as contemporaries are all small groups. They're not yes. these super groups like what Twice is. And I think they benefit from that very much. And I think Twice kind of set this trend of girl groups being huge again after because really honestly girls generation was the only one that i know of that was huge and then twice and then the rest of them have been pretty reasonably sized Um, but i say that to say i wonder too if that contributes to why we think of well for me why i think of twice is not a group of individuals necessarily versus when i think of red velvet i think four people who don't want to be working (laughs) that's what i think like Four very separate, very different personality types who, or sorry, five. Yeah. Four or five. I'm five, it's five. Whatever. We always forget about the other one because she don't need to be in the group anyway. But point is, is I think of five very different people who probably don't want to work together. <laughs> and I think, I think that's what it is. I think that's well part of it, not what it is, but part of it. When you have those smaller groups as your, like, not competition because okay actually i want to rewind a little bit and i want to say girls generation kind of if you think about it didn't really have competition like you could okay i know what you're gonna say wonder girls and this and that and the other but girls generation was the biggest group they were the group right and i don't think twice has really like sales wise they have that but i think 
I think they really had to compete with Blackpink. I really think Blackpink is just the group. And I think because of that, it that that kind of plays into why I think of them as just this homogenous blob of humans. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I can uh, see that. I mean, yes, and I do, and I will say that Wonder Girls were the biggest group, and then <laughs> Girls Generation. <laughs> because Tell Me is still, people still talk about Tell Me, even before G, to be honest. So Yes, I, I will always mention the Wonder Girls and, and then 21, obviously. But even with 21 and Girls Generation, I don't feel like they actually fought each other or competed, you know, in the same way. Whereas I do think that Twice and Blackpink, they they literally came out around the same time. They blew up. I think Blackpink obviously was bigger at the very start than Twice was, but then Twice got cheer up and, you know, whatever, and that kind of blew them No, up. I think, I'm, yeah. it's not even that. It's the, like, it's not even, okay, yes, Twice got, it is that. But I think even more than that, it's the fact that Twice is just prolific. They just make more music. That's yeah, why I was gonna get to that. Yeah, that, competitive. Uh, that's, that's actually what I was going to get at, the fact that Blackpink never does anything. They literally, like, Sorry. yes, their, their album, no, it's fine. Yes, their album, the album, is a million seller, but it's literally the only full-length album they've ever released. And it still only has seven songs or whatever, you know what I mean? And three of them were pre-releases. So in terms of actually being com- competition, it's not real competition because Twice is here working their asses off and Blackpink is not. <laughs> I mean, yes, oh, you're going to fashion sh- fashion shows in Paris. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I know that's work, but it's not, it's not Twice, Twice had concerts, Nyan had a solo, and they're actually dropping a new album in in August. So they've already, as a group, done more than Blackpink has done this year. Though, allegedly, it's funny we're talking about all these groups, because allegedly Blackpink is coming back in August, Girls' Generation is coming back in August, and Twice is coming back in August. So it will really be a battle of the quote-unquote legends or queens next month. I mean, we'll see it. I, I I don't personally believe that Blackpink is coming back, but, you know, allegedly it's happening. So we should definitely look out for that. But yeah, no, good for the girls, good for the onces, their fans. And yeah, I mean, we're definitely, I think we're going to see a slowdown on what Twice releases, but because they are in seven years and because they have two groups with Itzy and Enmix, so I just don't feel like JYP, even as rich as it is, can afford to have three girl groups have two or three comebacks per year. I just think that's a lot of money to spend. Comebacks are very expensive. So, but anyways, the next topic, JB, I've got seven, the leader, is in a relationship. What? Yeah, so JB is dating SFX artist and YouTuber Pure D. And they've been dating for the last nine months. So representatives of the artist commented and said they are cautious as they both have jobs where their faces are known to the public and added they've been maintaining a good relationship for nine months. Please continue to support them. So she is super cool. She is a YouTuber and she also does SFX. And apparently she worked on Sweet Home, which was that zombie show on Netflix. And she did a lot of, like, she has a lot of her SFX makeup stuff on her channel. And it's really good. She seems really, really dope. What do you think about, you know, third gen dating? 
I think it's great. Congratulations to them. Though it's kind of strange to congratulate somebody on a girlfriend. For dating. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, I think it's great. I saw her Instagram. I saw the girl. She's a working woman. I don't really have much thoughts about, I mean, I feel like this, Hannah and Edon did it first. They did it better. So no, all jokes aside, I think, yeah, it's great. It's cool. I have yet to see anything that I would consider Chen levels of betrayal <laughs> on this girl's Instagram. But I have definitely seen some comments about Stan's talking about, are you when are you going to stop photoshopping and this, that, and the other? And I'm just like, when are any never mind let me stop uh, we, we don't <laughs> I, I i just find it funny how it be people with anime profile pictures and k-pop k-pop boy pro- profile pictures who be talking the most stuff about the way people look but <laughs> I, I digress like all facts but yes Yes. I mean, <laughs> come on now, make it make sense. But yeah, I I I think this is cool and it's interesting. And I hopefully, you know, this, you know, continues this type of trend of normalizing relationships. I'm not necessarily like it. I think it's kind of creepy to hope everybody gets a girlfriend. And also, yeah. I think it's creepy to carry the way. I think is my point. Like, not creepy, but it's just, it's one thing if you're just like joking and kikiing, but it's another thing if you're actually affected by it. And I think to yeah. be affected either way is a little bit too invested. So yeah, I just hope people are able to feel comfortable to do whatever they want with their life and not feel like they're gonna lose their career for doing it. So yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I definitely, definitely agree and, you know, good luck to them for however long they've been at it. It's not like most K-pop dating news where people, we find out they're dating, you know, and they're not really dating or they've already broken up, you know, and they have to pretend that they're in a relationship for like two months or whatever before officially announcing a breakup. This is not mm-hmm. them being caught out or anything like that. And nine months is a long time. So, you know, yeah. good luck. Stop harassing her her and JB, please. And yeah, good luck. So the next couple of topics are basically just shout outs to women being amazing. So recently, Blackberry put out a picture of Olivia He from Luna. And people noticed that there was some editing done to this photo before it was tweeted. And they had lightened her skin and they had visibly thinned her body, basically, which was pretty crazy because, you know, these girls are already pretty thin and pretty white. So I don't know why they did that. So basically they had posted a trio of pictures to the group's official account, later deleted it and reposted it. Fans were curious about why they did that. And Olivia herself confirmed to the fans that she was uncomfortable with the amount of Photoshop that Blackberry did to, the, to them and requested that they post the originals. And yeah, I don't know. I just, it's kind of crazy to me why they would go to this extreme especially when you already have idols as i said who are literally starving themselves and bleaching their skin you know to be you know what's really strange too yeah Yeah. i I hate to cut you off what's really strange about i'm looking at the before and afters they didn't even edit things that people typically edit they literally shaved her bones down like yeah they edited it so it looked like she had no like shoulder blades, which is very strange to me. Like it, it, the whole thing is strange anyway, but it's even weirder because it's like, 
So are, are people just supposed to get rid of the bones in their body? I mean, I have yeah. heard of people getting surgeries to remove a rib, which don't do that. <laughs> but it's it's like, what do you want from her? Yeah. Well, what's the goal? Is the goal to just not look real? Like, no human... You just literally don't want her to have bones. I don't know. That That's wild to me. I'm, I'm sorry. I just have to say that. That was, that was the weirdest part about this for me. Yeah. No, absolutely. And also for 7G member Idol, I want to say Yuki, but I know that's not how you pronounce it. Damn, I forgot how to pronounce it. But anyways, so basically... Yuchi, um, maybe? Oh, Yuchi. No. I think it is, yeah. Because cause it's not choosy for twice, it's chewy. So it's probably, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they recently updated their Weibo with pictures from her photo sheet for El Korea. And there were, you know, it's it's a photo shoot. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you're wearing a lot of clothes. Sometimes you're not wearing much clothes. I think that they were all pretty reasonable. I don't think anything was, oh my God, sluts. Sluts, so like a slut from Slutville or anything like that, you know? But somebody, like one of her fans, quote unquote, said, baby, aren't you having a bit, a little bit of a wardrobe malfunction in pictures three and five? Be extra careful when I'm not around. There are many old perverts out there who are craving your body. He, he, he. So Yushi came online and was like, nope, that is a prejudiced view. A girl wearing a short skirt doesn't necessarily mean she's overexposing herself. Revealing a little cleavage doesn't mean flashing herself. Or if she's revealing a little skin doesn't mean you have to think that way. I only think I look good. I'm satisfied. That's all. You don't have to take to heart what others see you as. We're just, we, sorry, we just wear pretty clothes, put on pretty makeup just for ourselves to be pretty and confident. Just be yourself and be happy. And I thought that was pretty good of her to sort of speak out and start off basically and be like, no, that's prejudice. Like you you need to not make comments about what I'm wearing and what I'm doing. But also too, we talk a lot about how people infantilize idols. Like the whole be careful when I'm not around. There are many old perverts out there who are craving your body. Haha. <laughs> Why are you acting like this as a child? She's a grown woman. She can do whatever she wants and she can wear whatever she wants as well too. So Yeah, I I, I had to look up her age before I thought about her response because yeah. Yeah, she's a grown woman. Like, it would be different if you were trying to protect her and she's a child, which yeah. that type of, the way the comment was made is definitely not like, a, I'm trying to actually protect you. It was no. clearly meant to be judgy. She's a grown woman. She literally can do whatever she wants. I mean, I do get that sometimes we do speculate that maybe the like these women are wearing things that they don't want to wear because of whatever reasons. But if somebody mm-hmm. flat out tells you, no, this is what I want, unless... Unless they, I don't know, are like the CCP is telling them to say that. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I tend to just believe what people tell me. You know yeah, what I mean? So Absolutely. Yeah. There's no, this is all, to me, like that person, that was full concern. That was yes. just, just let judging. me judge you. Because, yes. because honestly, I feel like too, when people judge people for wearing certain, for wearing quote unquote revealing clothes, I feel like a lot of that goes back to insecurities with your own body like yes. you feel oh i can't get away with that so i'm gonna make sure nobody else does either yeah and honestly like that that's an issue you should talk to a therapist about not yes. you know like to be quite honest like it's just i don't know the, I feel, on the one hand i don't want to make it seem like there's never a case where there's room for concern like those one girl you remember how was it a last episode where we saw we were talking about there was a group like a, I think it was a newer group and they were all young and their pictures were really racy. 
Yes, that was a new Hybe source group. Was it? I never say this name right. I don't know. Oh, why. Was it La Seraphim? La Seraphim. It was that. Yeah. Yes. That's and different if you have a fifteen-year-old and you can see thongs and stuff like that. Yeah. And and that's not her fault. That's the fault of her stylist. That's the yes. fault of her managers and her parents. To be quite yeah. frank with you, like absolutely, that's that's every adult's fault in her life for failing her. But, and when I say failing her, once again, there's a difference between self-expression and you wearing things because grown men thinks it looks sexy. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? There's a big difference. And I want to make that very clear. So, yeah. Good for her. Also, her name is pronounced Uki. 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 Yeah. Uh, Uki. So. Uh, Awesome. Actually, I was going to look it up, but then I remembered something really cool about Silent G Idol. I don't know what happened after they lost that girl, who that bully girl. They have just been working for me 100%. I mean, I still think Ethnic Kip Soyeon can probably go, but the group itself, I've been watching a lot of their live performances since they became a five-member group, and they've just been mm-hmm. working real well for me. And I just remember, too, that Shuawa from Silent G Idol as well, she spoke up about sexual harassment, assault, and misogyny following, like, there was an attack on this woman who turned down the guy in China, and him and his friends all publicly beat her up. And she spoke out about that. And it doesn't seem like, I know from our perspective in the West, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But in from the perspective of people living in a lot of these countries, it is a big deal to speak out about something like that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. people will be like, oh, you know, you're not, you're, you're just a pretty face. You're just here to make music. You're not here to actually have a voice or any power. You know what I mean? You're just here for our consumption. So I think it is mm-hmm. pretty, like, I think it's cool. And that's why I labeled this, like, uh, <laughs> Uki and <laughs> and Olivia He are Gs. They're amazing. Wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. Keep up the work, guys. We, <laughs> in these dark days, we need little rays of light, even as small as they can, they can sometimes see. Okay, so the next topic, and this is just something I want to mention, Jessica Jung, you know, former member of Girls' Generation, my love, is in a, a Chinese variety show called Sisters Over 30s Who Make Waves. And basically, this is the third season of the show, and it's all of these, they get a bunch of celebrities, a bunch of female celebrities who are over the age of 30. And, you know, it's it's them coming together and sort of competing against each other to, to form this final group that's going to be on that's going to be promoting for a short period of time. It's sort of like Mama Idol that happened earlier this year, but that was those are a group of moms who, you know, used to be in idols or actresses and whatnot who wanted, you know, second chances in their career. A lot of the idols and, and, and celebrities in Sisters Who Make Waves 3 or the other seasons, they're still pretty active, but they're not, they are older, so, you know, they're not maybe at the top like they used to be. So, and, and it's funny because you have women who are in their 40s, and I think there's actually, I think Rose is in her 50s. She got to be in her 50s, in my opinion. But she look old. But, and also she, like, if you look at her photos, some of them are, like, in Technicolor. So I'm just like, I think you've been <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm <laughs> very done with they're you. All, it's such a good show. Like, honest, I don't like reality TV. I've said this for years and years. I hate reality TV. But I really yeah. love watching shows where you know people come together to form you know found families and to support each other and even though this is a competition show it is really supportive like there's a bit of tension some here and there but it's really just people coming together and you know talking about their glory days and and reminiscing about that but also trying to move forward and try new things and push 
you know, their skill set farther than they're comfortable to doing. And I've really, really enjoyed it. It's at episode eight. I think we're, we're past the halfway mark. And thankfully, the, the Chuan, Chuanan television or Mango television, they've subtitled the shows as well. So you get the episodes, you know, not a little bit after they've aired, but they are subtitled in English and they're really, it's really accessible. So you guys can definitely mm-hmm. watch it on YouTube. Jessica looks amazing. She's fantastic. She's literally been ranked in the top three this whole time. So I have no doubt she's going to be in the final group. And her Chinese, like her Mandarin is in, gets better in every episode. Like I, I don't know where she finds the time to study, especially since Mandarin seems like a mountain, but she sounds so like if I just heard her and other people speaking and I didn't know it was her voice, I would think that I wouldn't, I don't know what a native for versus a non-native, but she doesn't sound awkward. So mm. I just want to commend her on that because, she, and she has to sing these songs, you know, too, um, which, you know, insane, but it's actually, and it's actually really interesting seeing her really quickly, just sort of doing the choreo with the other people because her training through the SME system is so tight. And even in comparison to some of the top idols in Taiwan and China, like you could see that just that slightly better at it um, Mm -hmm. because of the training system that she went through in Korea. But it's fun. And I really enjoyed it. Might have shed a couple of tears when some of the girls were going home. Not going to lie. But yes, everybody should watch. So... There was a show. I don't know what the show's called. I've never really watched the show. I just sort of saw an article about it. But for the next topic, there's a broadcast called Bosung for Men, and it's an SBS show. And basically, Hyoyeon from Girls' Generation, Hicho from Super Junior, and Soyu from uh, Sistar appeared as guests. And, you know, they're senior idols. You know, they've been in the industry between, like, 13 and 18 years. Insane to think about. But they talked about, like, openly about the industry and prejudice in the industry, not prejudice against people from other countries. Just, you know, prejudice. <laughs> I want to specify that because... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just we prejudice. didn't expect anything. Yes. <laughs> we didn't expect otherwise, so... <laughs> but yes, prejudice in the industry towards idols dating and things like that and rumors and more so about that. I only want to mention this because Hyoyin who I honestly believe is a straight-up liar at this point, had the mm. nerve to come on the show talking about, oh, we've never fought in Girls' Generation. Even though for, like, 10-plus years, we've heard stories about them throwing fists backstage at Inkigayo. Like, girl, please stop lying. We have receipts. We know you guys have fought. And even Hicho was like, oh, you guys never fought. And she's like, oh, well, not with fists. And they see that thing. I totally believe that they have fist fought as well so it's like girl stop please but it was really interesting when he was talking they're talking about dating Mm -hmm. and and how when he chose was years and years ago when he was on a show he talked about meeting some older woman at a club and how they started dating or some shit like that and how sme cut it literally forced the the editors to cut it from the interview and how he was really pissed off and talked to lisa mon about it and that sort of opened the gates for him being able to openly talk about dating, which, you know, allowed other idols to sort of start openly talking about dating. And I just thought like, it was really interesting to hear, you know, sort of that side of the history. Because we know what happens, you know, in the world of K-pop as fans, but even seeing things on the idol side and how they sort of came to be and how 
things have changed but haven't because dating is still such a taboo sort of subject for a lot of idols. So yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. And also the fact that they've been in the industry like 18 years Super Junior has been active for 18 friggin' years. Oh 18 years that nobody god. asked for. Oh my god. I just, it's, in, it's, it's like, time really has no meaning, guys. So, yeah, I just yeah, thought it was I've, I've thrown Super Junior away. <laughs> I, I don't. Not that they were ever, it, Super Junior is like, how do I describe them? Super Junior is like candy corn on Halloween. Ugh, nobody wants Always it. get it. But you never want it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm. I remember that trend where every time a group talked about, like a like a disbandment news came out, everyone was like, "But not Super Junior." It literally was a trend on K-pop Twitter for years. It's like, "But not Super Junior." And I, I feel this. like at this point they're yeah. not disbanding only out of spite. And I don't know whether to admire it or to be annoyed by it. <laughs> Honestly, for me personally, I can only speak for myself. They make pretty okay music still, and they still have support. Like their last album sold half a billion copies, and they still tour. They're all individually doing things and making money. Like, and, they, and, and they're not. They have their own label, like subsidiary label, where they manage themselves basically. So they have the best of all worlds at this point. So why would they disband? Why would they end that? You know. So I agree, uh, but yeah. maybe they should think about me the next time they <laughs> want to release the album. It's like, have you thought of Jimin? Okay, but also on to even more ridiculous news, I guess. So a year ago, CJ ENM said that they were trying to make a K-pop boy band Hollywood film called K-pop Lost America. And, well, and they're still doing it, guys. Actually, they have cast some people. So, Rebel Wilson, Henry Milton, and Cha Unwoon, our lace Frank King, are all going to be in this Lost in America K-pop story. And basically, he, Cha Unwoon is in talks to play the lead in the new Hollywood film. And he has even cleared part of his schedule for the second half of 2022 in order to prepare for filming. So the synopsis of this film, which is slated for a 2023 release, will tell the story of a K-pop boy group that finds themselves stranded in Texas just days before their global debut tour kicks off at New York's Madison Square Garden. With no phones, no money, and no transportation, the group must overcome a series of crazy obstacles in order to make it to New York City in time for their U.S. debut. So, so you mean to tell me this is Harold and Kumar go to White Castle for 14 year olds with purple hair that don't shower? Yeah. I'm mad. I'm mad. I just, I think my, like, okay, you're doing this K-pop film. Okay. Why is, why is there a white woman in it? Why is she the one of the guys? <laughs> that is so unnecessary. Well, you know they need crossover appeal. Come on now. Stop playing that. Yeah, but why do you always have to center whiteness? Come on, guys. Like. They're not even the majority on this planet, okay, bro? There are more of us than there are of them. We need to start pushing that, okay? Because why are white people at the center? Like, every single K-pop thing that I've heard of, white people are at the center of when it's an international level. I, guys, we can do better. We can do other things. Just, you know, throwing that out there. Especially Rebel Wilson. She hasn't been funny ever. So, she was never funny. Y'all... 
I, I get secondhand embarrassment watching anything with her in it. Like, it's just all bad out there. But I must say, even though I just roasted this movie, I and I probably won't be watching, I am interested to see what the reviews are and what people say about it. Because who knows? We could be roasting a future Mean Girls, you know? It might be a, a hood classic. <laughs> a hood classic? <laughs> <laughs> a hood classic. Oh, there were Baby Boy. Yes, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully B team plays it as much. You know, okay. That's too funny. Okay, so in other news, but hold on. That just made me think. That just made me think, though. Yeah. Maybe we need Tyler Perry to get in on one of these things because then it will be on BET. You have all the reruns on there. Like, yeah, I. That would be. You know what? I would love to see Medea does K-pop. I would watch that. To be quite honest. Yeah, with you. I Let's feel like that would be Tyler great. Perry. Like Tyler Perry now, like now that would be something worth watching. This doesn't sound interesting, but a Tyler Perry film that touches on K-pop would be fantastic. Wait, <laughs> we do need more hood classics other than the Wonder Girls film, basically, which is the only K-pop hood classic. So, anyway, yes, has not announced if they will this or not yet. But we are getting some content on Disney Plus. And they actually do have a show, I think, on Apple Music as well that just that dropped this year too. So they're definitely still flexing as the top group in the world. And on Disney Plus, they are going to have BTS Permission to Dance on Stage LA, which is a 4K film featuring the band's live concerts at SoFi Stadium. And In the Soup, Friendcation, which I thought was interesting because it's a travel show starring V and his friends. So, Che Wu Sheik and uh, Eric So Jun. Hmm? That's interesting. I just, let me go ahead and cancel my Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> Don't! They just brought over the, the Bob's Burger movie. I watched it today. It was cute. Disney Plus? Yeah! This Bob's Burger Bob, Well, I don't know for you, but Bob's Burger is on Disney Plus for me. So the movie was also uh, on today. Because here, but, Bob's Burgers comes on, it comes on Adult Swim and Fox. So Fox yeah. obviously is not Disney, and then Adult Swim is owned by Time Warner, which is like HBO and stuff. So you would think it would mm. be on HBO Max. Yeah, not I Time Warner. I'm sorry, Turner. Uh, Turner Broadcast. Uh, I don't know why. I just know that it's on. We we have, I don't know who Disney owns, and I don't know how it airs in Canada, but we have dads on there too, and like family on guys Disney? on those shows. On oh, Disney no. Plus. Here, yeah. No, see here, Disney Plus has a reputation. Disney in general, their reputation is wholesome family content, and uh, they are actually known for turning down, like basically they're known for not airing things that are controversial, anything that pushes the button or pushes, you know, yeah, they everything is family friendly. And even to the point where if you go to Disneyland here, did you know that uh, allegedly they, I don't want to say you can't give birth at Disney, but they want, Di and you can't die at Disney either. Like if you're almost dead, Disney will <laughs> put you on a ventilator <laughs> until I'm you stop outside of them gates to die. I mean, they, they, they're associated with like, yeah. That is actually want you to associated with death. That's hilarious, though. Could you imagine, like, ah. you're your deathbed? You, for some, <laughs> for some reason, for some reason, you're your deathbed, but you're in the middle of the park. <laughs> and then they say, ma'am, you're going to have to put that on hold. Jesus come down from heaven. I got to take it. <laughs> and then he's like, 
Jesus, I got news for you. That's not in our handbook. Yeah. Normally we'd be like, Jesus, take the wheel, but not this time. We need to keep you alive, sir. (laughs) Yeah, no, our our Disney has like, I'm looking at it now. American Horror Story, How I Met Your Mother, Criminal Minds. It has... Dwayne Wade has a documentary that's on here at Simpsons, Futurama. It has all of these random shows. I don't know what connects them, to be quite honest with you, but they're all here. So Disney Plus, let me go into my Disney Plus real quick, because (laughs) I can't believe this. This sounds crazy to me. (laughs) Yeah, so our Disney Plus, let's see. Well, you can choose from Disney, pick, oh, wait. Yeah, Mickey Mouse is the first thing when you pop up. It's the racist Mickey Mouse, too, not the cool Mickey Mouse. Yeah, this is like Halloween, Town, Rise, the Giannis movie, Remember the Titans, like Marvel. It's all of the family stuff. Dwayne, I mean, I guess Dwayne Wade's little shows on here. But that's another thing, too. So Disney Plus owns ESPN. So a lot of the sports stuff will be on there. Or Disney, not Disney Plus. A lot of the sports stuff will be on there. But yeah, I don't see nothing but Disney stuff. Everything on here is either Disney stuff or stuff like The Sandlot, which you remember oh. The Sandlot, right? Oh, my God. I watched that movie as a kid because it's an older film, right? Yeah. Yes. <sighs> yeah. All of this stuff is cute, <clears throat> wholesome, you know. You can bring your toddler to the theater and they won't be scarred for life type stuff. Well, <clears throat> we have Family Guy and Cleveland Show, so <laughs> not Bruh, Family Guy here. Um, <laughs> that's a mess. Yes. But anyways, they also anyway. doing, yeah. They're also doing a BTS monument beyond the star. I guess they wanted, you know, to be BTS. That's why it's Beyond Star. So it's a documentary series that chronologically shows the records of the history of the band ranging from their debut in 2013 to the present as K-pop icons. So it's just another docu-series on top of the other docu-series that they've had. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> we can expect to see other Hype artists or Hype, yeah, Hype or Hype artists, including BTS on the streaming service later. So you might get something from TXT. You might get some in hyphen, some, you know, from a smile on there. So the only way I will this start type of stuff is if they kept it all the way real. Like the new edition miniseries. Yeah. 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 We find out people was doing cocaine and all that. That that's a different story. But a lot of this stuff is just like we work so hard and we're so tired at concerts, but we love our fans. And here, watch us eat ramen for the 15th time today. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it's just boring. Like, yeah. I'm not, I don't care who it comes from. It could come from two by two. It could come from shiny. Well, I don't know. Shiny will make it funny, but it could come from two by two and it'll still just be boring to me because I've seen it a million times. It's not real. Like, it's real, but it's not candid. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not going into everything. So I'm not excited. I, I get it. I totally get it. But yeah, so I guess Jolly we, Rancher Pickles. Ew. We got to get rid of Instagram. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, so yes, the next topic, ESPA, is the second K-pop group to be at the UN to discuss things. The first group was Blackpink. I don't mention BTS because allegedly BTS is not K-pop. So it's just been the girls. And on July 5th, the high-level political forum opened its annual meeting at the UN General Assembly Hall in New York. To kick off the day, ESPA attended the first day of the forum to deliver a moving speech about the importance of sustainable development. 
tying in their unique metaverse concept with the theme of this year's forum, Janelle said, basically, our group, ESPA, uniquely moves between reality and virtual reality. We exist here in the real world, and four of our, our, four of our avatar members exist in the virtual world. Together, we are often called the Metaverse Girl Group. And they say, basically, as the Metaverse accelerates, we have to ask the question, are we working just as hard to create the best possible real world? And she says, the metaverse reflects reality. If your own reality is not sustainable, it would become difficult to sustain the possibilities of the virtual world. Without sustainable ecosystems or equal opportunities for quality living, there will be no real world to be mirrored. And they just kind of went on, you know, to say that they're here to support it, blah, 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 blah. And then (laughs) it's like, Karina wrapped it up, said, once again, thank you again for having us. We are honored to be here to discuss a topic that is so important for the next generation. And we will now be performing next level. We hope you enjoy it. Thank you. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. I don't know why I thought it was like, after this whole big speech, it's like, we will now perform next level. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) I just thought it was really funny. But yes, what do you think about a K-pop group that leans heavy on the metaverse and virtual reality talking about sustainable development? See, here's the thing. I can't even be mad at Espa because I can almost guarantee you them children just showed up and had no clue what they were there for. Yeah. I don't think it had anything to really do with this. I think they they their job is to make music and they know that. And they want to do that and to be pretty and do all the idol stuff. And while I think it's a great cause, I just think it's incredibly stupid. Like, I think it's hypocritical and it literally makes no sense. I feel like, why are we not, why, why are we, there's so many things that we could be doing to, you know, I don't even know what this was for. I guess I, I I think that's like what it comes down to for me. What did this do to actually make sustainable energy may bring it closer to being a reality for all people. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it did anything. And also, once again, these children, I don't, who are not scientists, <laughs> I'm just failing to see, and who are not politicians who can make things happen, I'm failing to see what their input is going to do. Especially since, I think one of the things too that I look at is our generation is already super into the environment. Yeah. So like, is they're they're targeting people who already have heard this message and it's yeah. like preaching to the choir in a sense mm-hmm. so it's just like i don't know who this was for and i'm and once again i'm not going to blame the children because they probably had nothing to do with this cool opportunity maybe maybe this will make one of them like do their own thing related to sustainable energy i don't know but i just don't it i don't know when you when you do stuff like this that is not organic like yeah it's obvious to people and it's not, it doesn't make me more interested in it, I guess, even though I'm totally interested in a sustainable environment and I listen to scientists and (laughs) I try to urge people with power to do things about the environment and things like that, or I should say sustainable energy. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. (laughs) Congratulations to them. Claps, claps. Yeah. And I want to make it clear before you say your piece Mm -hmm. that when I say they just showed up (laughs) and things like that, I'm not saying they're dumb. I'm not saying that they didn't understand what was going on. I'm exaggerating the fact that like, 
clearly the fact that she was like, let's perform our song now. Clearly they knew what this was. This is PR for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not like it's going to make a big, a big thing, you know, yeah. about it. It, it, but it, it's literally just a way to be like, okay, we we're doing something good in the community. And it's another way to be, you know, look at us. We have clout too. Like we have, we're important too. So, and it's another Korean soft power thing. Yeah. Like that's all understood. And honestly, what is, what's understood doesn't need to be explained, but I'm explaining it anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, I'm not trying to say some sort of messed up thing about them not being educated or anything. I'm just saying like, it, I'm satirizing the thing of this is just ridiculous and makes no sense and affects nothing and no one so anyway Nat (laughs) I think you said it best to be quite honest I mean I think it's really hypocritical for a mass producing you know company like SME that literally just creates waste on waste on waste to send their girls to the UN to talk about sustainable development, especially when their concept is super heavy on the metaverse. And we know that is super bad for the environment. So I don't know. It's, it is PR. It is just an aspect of soft powers for the fans to be like, look at our girls. They're at the UN. It's from SME to media play ESPA, like they did with the GMA performance and they've done with their Coachella performance. And I, I mean, I listen to ESPA. I like ESPA. I, like I have nothing against them or the, like the girls or like their music or what they're doing, you know, as artists, this is like a part of the job. You know what I mean? So they're just doing their job. And, but it is really empty and hollow. And, you know, I just really wish that people like fans would do more than, you know, cheer on these, these fake words, to be quite honest. I wish that people would really just be like, okay, let's not buy albums because they're, you know, as much as we want our faves to have the records. And it really is about the records. It's not really about the quality of the music, but it can be like, instead of just, focusing on these records like let's actually focus on the environment the money that we could be spending on these albums that we're going to just toss out and throw throughout you know as i'm going to get into with the next topic we can just you know plant some trees or some shit you know what i mean so i know i feel like the power is in the hand of the consumer and the consumer is too busy being competitive like it personally benefits them that it's just like this vicious cycle just like these you know hollow platitudes and and you know just just hypocrisy 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 but yeah that's all i have to say about that i it's just i know the whole thing is really funny to me but next the last topic actually is a music critic discusses bulk buying sales obsession newer gen boy groups lacking mass appeal and more which (laughs) i feel like a lot of people are feeling more comfortable being more critical about k-pop and bts and you know some of these other groups And I love it. So I, you know, I look look forward to it all the time. So Pop Music Critic was asked about, you know, all of these things and, you know, just about general public pop popularity in Korea. And he had, you know, some very, very interesting things to say. And it was basically that the outdated standards can't speak on behalf of the general public, which is becoming increasingly fragmented and individualized, which I think is something that we have often talked about, how like 
but from the K-Fan perspective and how a lot of people are not Maltese anymore, you like everything is very individualized and fragmented. You're in your fandom, that's your fandom. That's what you dedicate your entire life, blood and honor to <laughs> instead of just being a fan of K-pop. And they were asking this person as well to uh, our streaming views and in, in, uh, music video views indicator of how popular K-pop act is or how accurate they are. And they're basically like, no, which is things that we've been saying, I feel like for a hundred years, but the fact that people <laughs> into doing that and doing all of these things for what, just to say that your favorite group has this accomplishment is crazy, right? Like, is it is that not just weird? I don't, I don't know. Having like actual experts in fields be like, okay, yes, your group has a hundred thousand, a hundred million, you know, views, but nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows the song. Nobody cares about them. Like, yeah, it is very strange, for sure. And it's actually interesting and to hear, you know an authority on this. And I also had, well, not an authority, but a music critic, you know, discussing this bravely, if I might add. Yeah. But, and I want to say too, that, sorry. I want to say too, that to the point of boy groups, not being, not enjoying success, like they used to, that is something that we've been like boy group in terms of crossover appeal boy groups just have never had it like they don't have it they can always get a stand base but they can't get gp it just doesn't happen for them and and if you and one thing i've noticed too is if you look at like music just in general like the music scene and you look at who are the most popular artists that make non-niche music it's always women it's never men like men always well it, i mean sometimes it's men like michael jackson is a huge anomaly here of course because he made popular music and he was literally the most popular pop artist of all time but if you outside of that like it's pretty much dominated by women like when you talk about pop music what's always trending because if you the, if you think about the most successful men today they're all in a niche they're either rappers they're doing rock music they're doing for some reason pop is just like not something that we all i don't want to say it's not something we allow men to do but i almost do feel like pop is very it's very much seen as a feminine genre even though it literally just means whatever's popular it's seen as like only the only artists that are popular and can be that level of popularity without having a specific thing that they do is women. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not mad about that. I'm just saying that it's not shocking that that people are waking up to this reality with K-pop. Like people are going to see it as corny. And in some places, like I know over here, when K-pop boys try to cross over, the biggest barrier to entry historically has always been that people think of them as feminine. Mm -hmm. And even though one, I don't think anything's wrong with being feminine. And two, even if there was, even if, I don't know. I just don't think there's anything wrong with being feminine. I also don't think they are the most feminine that I've seen. I've definitely seen like your average core, like hair metal concept, like (laughs) has more feminine things going on than your average K-pop boys. But 
that's another conversation that old white men are afraid to have. But I do, sorry to interrupt um, you, but I do want to add something yeah. that he did mention. Yeah, yeah. So the question about the you know, the numbers not fitting reality and the dis- the difference between general public and the numbers that you see is that he, somebody asked, not somebody, but the interviewer asked, when did this rift start? And they do, do mention that it was especially noticeable among boy groups and how girl groups still tend to make more palatable music to the general public. We're, but this is really interesting. We're no longer seeing songs like that from boy groups or boy bands anymore. But until the early 2010s, boy bands like Shiny, Big Bang, and Infinite also produced widely known hits. Things started changing in the mid-2010s when boy groups like EXO and BTS became bolder in incorporating hip-hop elements into their music, ending up with songs that are more too convoluted to appeal to the masses. Instead, boy groups... Oops, boy bands started going for new concepts and visually overwhelming performances like how gun move dancing in perfect sync would set them apart from western pop so i thought it was actually really interesting because yes back at that time like 2010s you know when exo as not sorry shiny and super junior and big bang and 20 and 2 p.m they were you know wearing makeup and all this kind of stuff but they had hits that people you know loved not just in the K- just the K-pop space, but in the general public. Like people, if Starry Starry comes on, people know it. You know, if replay. Okay, I was. I do want to say this real quick, yes. just really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I do, the 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 level of perfection. So when I talk about the wearing makeup or being mm-hmm. feminine i'm i i i'm talking about it in two senses yes like wearing makeup and you know being a flower boy and all that but i'm also talking about it is a lot more extreme now like back in those days it was less ambiguous like people I, not okay i'm not going to i'm not speaking from my perspective i'm speaking from what i've observed like the general public say when it comes to the different ways people look right so back i do think there was a period of time where people still were like you know beautiful quote-unquote looking but they still had there was still people still felt comfortable with that level I'll say it that way and I think it's getting more and more now people just feel completely uncomfortable with it let me give you an example so I was talking to my friend who is Korean of course and one time we were talking about how for me I was like yeah I like men who are have a like this ethereal quality to them. Very, very handsome, but almost slightly pretty in a sense. And she was saying, that's really funny because she she was, I can't, like nowadays, she's like, men are wearing nail polish and that's a no for me. Obviously this person is not really a fan anymore, but she she was going on and on about how it's becoming popular for K-pop boys to wear nail polish and how that's pushing it too far. And this is a person born and raised in Korea. And I just thought that was a really interesting thing for her to say. And I say that to say, I do think that it's getting to levels that people seem uncomfortable with in terms of the flamboyancy of it all. I don't personally think find it uncomfortable, but I just think that people do. But, and I want to go back to, to what him saying, how the music has become more convoluted. I really don't even, honestly, I'm not going to sit here and say it's because they're doing hip hop concepts and R&B concepts because replay is an R&B concept, whether you like it or not. Big Bang was very successful with the hip hop concept. This was all before BTS and EXO were even twinkles and 
Lee Suman's and why whatever Hitman Bang's eyes. This was all before that. So I don't really think it's because they're doing like these hip hop and R and B. I think it's because the music is just bad. Like Stray Kids' music is the standard. I think for what more, most boy groups are trying to like strive to, and their music to me is bad. Right to other people is not bad, but it, it's it's so convoluted and it's not even artistically convoluted it's just difficult for the sake of being difficult like for no reason at all they'll have like four different songs mashed into one for no reason at all and and i think maybe it's the nct started it but nct perfected it nct like and nct is not even mainstream that just goes to show you it has been the most successful i feel at making noise sound good but even they haven't really been able to find success with it. Their most successful songs are the songs that aren't these hodgepodge of things. But yeah, I do think that there's something to what he's saying about how the music is just, I don't know why. I, I would really like to know why, actually. Why do we think boy groups, these companies are are having boy groups do music that is just so random and and so like loud and and complicated. Why do we think that is? It it can't possibly be because I don't know. Maybe too. There's something to be said for the fact that we are like there's more and more in boy groups. More and more of them are writing their own music, and they want to create the next trend. Maybe that's I was about to is. say. I feel like there's this trend that it, you know has emerged from TikTok where you want to have something that's easy for TikTok. And I mean, I know we've talked, like we've had discussions about the dance moves and how they've become very TikTok friendly lately. But I think it also has to do with that because short attention span means you can't have a song that's longer than three minutes. You can't have just one break. You need to have multiple breaks. You need to be doing something different. And I, you know, I think because of my age, <laughs> it is very different from what I'm used to because, you know, standard music from the 80s and 90s and the 2000s, early 2000s, stuff like that, you know, was even though there were shifts and differences, the things that mattered, vocal abilities, you know, dance abilities, things like that were all very much the same. But I think there, there is a huge disconnect now. I think one very important thing is once again, trends. And the trend is to make music that is very powerful. And for some weird reason, people assume that powerful music means loud. It means sort of in your face. And I mean, I think, yeah, the thing about hip hop being called out in this sense is not really making sense, as you said, because Big Bang was extremely successful at this point and they are a hip hop. Been. So it's not just that. And I would argue that a group like EXO wasn't even, they're definitely more R&B than they were ever hip hop as EXO's well too. 100% R&B. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense. But it is not, it, it, I mean, it does make sense that, you know, they had songs like Wolf, but it was, and I think Wolf. But nobody them liked them when they had no, no, Wolf. It's <laughs> true. But the most popular song for them, their Globe song was Growl, which was a very poppy yeah. r&b song you know and i'm not even a huge fan of, of growl i'll be very honest with you yeah but yeah. it's it's really interesting that that's the song that got them their wild their, their their big you know moment it's the same thing with bts it wasn't any of their really big 
loud hip hop songs, Spring Day still seems like one of their more popular songs. And that, I mean, I don't listen to Spring Day a lot, but it's definitely not what I would say is, you know, the aggressive, like hip hop identity that we associate with BTS, BTS, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really interesting, even in that end, that the songs that are widely known, not Butter, you know, not like Dope or these things. It's, it's something like Spring Day. I need you, girl. And I need you. I need you. Once again, that's a very pop song, right? Yeah, that is yeah. A classic pop. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing, too. Back in the day, they talked about Infinite and those groups and, and stuff like that. But look at a group like 2PM, which were like, 2PM had makeup for days, okay? They had that glammy look. Same with Super Junior. But I think the difference is that aesthetically, they're going for a lot of very skinny, delicate men or boys now in K-pop. Whereas, like, you know, Wanho is definitely trying to hold down, you know, the bulkier dudes, but it's becoming a very small minority in K-pop having, you know, a more masculine build. And that's the thing. Even when 2PM was shuffling and wearing all that makeup in I'll Be Back, they were, they're still a very, you know, bulky, manly group. So you could never deny their masculinity in that sense. Whereas I guess now if Bam Bam has nail polish on, it's a problem because, you know, how dare he wear, he wear nail polish, you know, that's, that's not how men are supposed to be. Um, yeah. And so, you know what? I, yeah. I do want to go back and say something before I get called inconsistent, because no. I want to make something very clear. When I said a boy band has to have a niche to continue to be successful and relevant and all that stuff, I, what I mean is you can start off with a pop concept and people will love you. But of after course. a while, I think what ends up happening is there is an amalgamation of things, but I think mostly what ends up happening is it becomes, for some reason, it almost always becomes repetitive. The music doesn't either the music doesn't evolve or the artists themselves get frustrated with the music they're making. You can literally yes. see this in pretty much every boy band. Like you I was about to say scene. it's, you can- yeah, it's, it's, I think it's the latter more than the former, to be honest, <laughs> that they do get frustrated with making that type of music, you know, all of this time. But because they get frustrated, because they get frustrated, I think that makes the music quality suffer, to be honest. Yeah. I, I would, let me give you an example. So I will argue that, and this is for only people who know, but One Direction's best era was that second, third album was like the their height. I don't think, I think four was cute, but I don't think they ever got back to Mid- Midnight Memories hype and Midnight Memories well, level of really like- good album. Yeah, and they actually were interested still in like the music at that point. And I don't think they ever recovered from like- after Midnight Memories and, you know, when they went to do Four and then Made in the AM, I don't think neither of those albums ever lived up to Midnight Memories, right? And I feel like there was a distinct change too. Their music went from super poppy to like whatever Harry wanted. Because if you listen to those last two albums, those are Harry Styles albums. Mm -hmm. And that's what it went to. And I think inevitably people can sense that something is changing and what they came here for is not there anymore. And I think it's a combination of things to where what ends up happening is, is male groups tend to need to find a niche. They can't just do like the poppy poppy. They have to do something very specific that only that they are going to cultivate a very specific fan base for. Whereas girls can, Blackpink can release Boom Ba Ya 
like five more times and people <laughs> will still buy their albums. It's just something different. It's just different. I don't know. I can't explain it. It just it's just different in society, like different expectations. People expect you to grow up. And then also for some reason it seems like male groups are more dramatic with their arguments. Like girl groups will fight tooth and nail and somehow Latoya Luckett just becomes Michelle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not gonna let it affect the bag. But boy groups, it's like members. I don't know. They don't. They don't do it that way. Yeah, know. you know what? It's really interesting with what you were saying too. I think it's because girls tend to be the fans of pop music that mm. people look down on it. It's like if a bunch of girls like something, there's something wrong with it. You know? I think there's that that idea. And I think that's mm-hmm. what really just sort of permeates with, you know, with that. Because, you know, if you do too much poppy poppy sounds, only girls will like it. And then there's no value in it because only girls like it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's also a problem. And I mean, I totally understand if you don't want to make the same song over and over again. I totally understand that. I do think pop But you can still evolve within the same genre and because... exactly. Literally, the the best example of this is basically Beyonce before Sasha Fierce. She, well, up until Sasha Fierce, she did evolve with every album and she still had pop music. She still did pop music. Yeah, I think you can make this argument for Michael between Thriller and Bad. Those are two completely different albums, but it's still completely pop music. There's so many artists where you can see that evolution is possible. Except for Katy Perry, for some reason, that... She gets worse. I don't know how she gets worse. <laughs> Taylor evolves even like yes. Mariah. Yes. Like you can literally see it. I, I I can think of so many examples. It's crazy. That's why like, even Madonna. I mean, look at the eighties Madonna's versus the nineties Madonna versus two thousand. Tell me is a hella pop fun song, okay? And you know, compare that to you know uh, Isla Bonita or whatever. You know, there's these are all pop songs from different genres and different that they incorporate different types of genres in them. You know, some is a little bit more Spanish leaning, like, or Latin leaning. Some have a little bit more country, you know, but it's still all pop music. And I think if people were, even look at Sistar. We were talking earlier about how, you know, Vivis had that Sistar sound in their song, but Sistar has many different songs that sound, it's still Sistar's signature, but they're different types of songs and they don't. Oh my, yes. So it's really weird how that's the case. That's exactly that is so real. Oh my goodness. And honestly, Nat, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I really think you were on to something. I know we said, but kind of like hearing it now in this context of this article, it makes even more sense when you were talking about how boy groups, like basically this idea that when girls like something, you know, clearly there's something wrong with it. But when men like something, that's when it's acceptable. And yes. that, that really tracks very closely with why boy, with the type of music boy groups are making. I think boy groups are making music they think men will listen to. Yes. And and it's just not good. It, it's kind of, and it's why, honestly, it's why NCT's concept doesn't work for Luna. They're making music they think men will like. And honestly, most men don't even like the music. <laughs> and women don't like yeah. the music either because it's just not good music. It has nothing to do with gender. They're trying to appeal to a certain gender without realizing that music is not like that. You can't just be, oh, this is loud and has a lot of bass and has a lot of, you know, drums and and percussion really, which is heavily associated with what people think of, of like hip hop, like rock. And hip hop is cool. Mm -hmm. It's cool, right? It's cool. Yeah. 
Exactly. And, and the reason why is it is cool. Honestly, okay, this is a hot take. I think people think hip hop is cool. When I say people, I mean people who are not black, people who didn't grow up on hip hop. I think they think it's cool because they think black men are cool. And black men are seen as the face of hip hop. I think that's really what it is. Even if you look at, so I remember when the K-pop reaction trend was really big on YouTube and K-pop boys were reacting to people react to them. And one thing I noticed is when girls reacted, they were like, okay, but when they saw a black man reacting, they lost their minds. And I was like, there's something to this, that they see this as approval of a group of people that they find cool. Cool. I don't know. This got really deep and out of hand, but um, <laughs> this is well, no, no, it's no. interesting. It's great. It's great. I think that obviously it's one of those deeper topics that would be really good for when we do our live stream. Maybe we can like it with Jane Ash. We could maybe discuss it a little bit more while we discuss say it some over games. a hot game of Monopoly. We don't yes. play Uno no more. It's rigged. <laughs> But yes, I think it would be something that would be really cool to do because I think that there is something to be said about why people, why why hip hop was what they leaned in instead of rock and, you know, country or any of the other genres at the time, you know, when they wanted to make their music more cool for both, for the guys, it, it was hip hop because there is this idea that black, black men are cool. And that they want to aspire to that natural inborn coolness. So I get it. But I'm going to end really quickly with the last question was, what should agencies and fans do so that K-pop doesn't stray too far from the public? So the answer is not surprising because it's also something we've we've discussed a lot. Fandoms also need to refrain from instigating competition among themselves by comparing artists' album sales. But now it's past the point of no return unless there is systemic change. A single agency or K-pop group cannot put a stop to this. And they also mentioned recently agencies have started saying they're using environmentally friendly materials for albums and cards. That's just plain greenwashing when fans continue to buy an exponential amount of CDs only to throw them away. They can't even recycle the mix of plastic, paper, and fabric. So basically it's just like the company and the fans that everybody needs to come together and make better choices and decide what's going to, what it's going to be. Is it the environment? Is it artist integrity? Or is it just money? Because if it's just money, there's no, I don't think that there's any reason for them to change what they're doing because it's working. So (laughs) at that point, yeah. Do you agree? Do you think that it is greenwashing to say that they're using environmentally friendly albums when they have 12 of the same album, just with different covers? Yes, of course it is. There's no other way to define it or explain it. It's honestly the thought that any K-pop like agency or any distributor is caring about the environment is just ridiculous to me. They they don't. They just don't. It doesn't matter if it, if you claim it's sustainable because it's probably not. And it doesn't matter if it actually is sustainable because there's still a lot of stuff that you're doing that is unsustainable. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, the whole thing about like not instigating competition. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine K-pop without competition at this point. It's just so ingrained in that fandom mindset. You can't just say you like a group. If you say you like Blackpink, someone will come and be like, oh, do you not like Twice? Oh my God, this person doesn't like Girls' Generation. I feel like competition is just so ingrained and also that internet weird mentality is also so ingrained in it i mean even i have even i have like not i mean i'm not okay i i haven't succumbed to like competition but i've definitely had feelings before of like 
irritation when people hot okay yes like yeah when people, when people be like yeah. when people say stuff like such and such group is more this than shiny ever was and i'm like what like that that you know what i mean nowadays i care a lot less yeah. i still think it's absurd it's still a really like ridiculous thing to feel like you need to one up the generation before you and everybody these days are starting to feel bold to come for shiny because they're like see they see shiny as this protected status yeah. and so because of that they starting to feel bold to come for them and it's just strange to me because it, it really it just reeks of inferiority complex yes which you shouldn't have because you are not in whatever group you're comparing shiny to. So it's, it's I don't know. It's just, it's just strange. It's all strange. But yeah, I do think this is not safe at all for this baby. Anyway, I do think that people are taking the competition too far. There's really nothing companies can do about it. Honestly, like, honestly, at this point, what, what can they do? Think about it. Like, what really can a company do to stop people from doxing people over whether or not their artist has the most views on YouTube or whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And as I said, like, you know, it is because money is still the bottom line at the end of the day. Why would they want to if they're still? Like, yeah, they don't Espa, want to. Because you're invested, just, right? Yeah. And Espa just sold like a million copies of their latest album. So, you know, it's working. It's doing what it's supposed to do. So why would they feel like changing? There's no benefit to that. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And the fans don't want to do better or be better either. So <laughs> we're all just stuck here, guys. Just, you know, do what you do what makes you feel good. You know, buy that as album, long as you're not hurting concerts. anybody. Exactly. Our environment. Yeah. Exactly. Think about our environment before you buy that album. In fact, I would say you know what you could do instead of buying that physical album? You could drive to the concert. No, you could bike to the concert. Yes. But only if it's an outdoor concert and they're singing without any equipment and they're just doing acapella. Literally, <laughs> just go to like, just just go, just go to a bus, a busser that sings K-pop songs. Yes. On the yes. bike. But yeah, I, I mean, at this point, who knows? But anyways, yes, that those were our topics. Uh, if you yes. guys have anything you want us to like talk about, just, you know, how to reach us. Anyways, we are going to get into the segment that we have forgotten a bit about. <laughs> Almost forgot about it this time too. <laughs> and that I'm was so featured. Dead. Featured. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. How could we forget? I love judging these new groups. Yes, exactly. So our featured group today is going to be Ivy. And yeah, I mean, if you don't know who Ivy is at this point, where what rock have you been living under? But yes, Ivy. Uh, I didn't know who they were until literally this morning. So yes, Ivy. Ivy is a six-member girl group under Starship Entertainment. The group currently consists of Eugen, Gail, Ray, Wan Young, Liz, and Lisa. They officially debuted on December 1st, 2021 with the single album 11. The girl, sorry, the group's name Ivy is a contraction for I have. It alludes to the idea of confidently showing what I have to the audience. Instead of telling the story of a growing girl group, Ivy will try to portray a complete girl group from the start. Ooh. Anyways, we okay. did. <laughs> I literally hate how K-pop companies come up with these descriptions. Like, I truly think they just be saying words. 
<laughs> I don't know what any of that really means. <laughs> I I honestly don't either. It you know it is what it is at this point. I just yeah I don't know. <laughs> like I so is it? Are we supposed to be calling them Ive instead of Ivy? I think it 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 probably is Ive. Like the fact that they mentioned that it's a contraction. I have right. Yeah, like I've. You onto the dinner. Actually, you know what? I know for I know that it's I because I'm pretty sure I saw the Hangul for it and they said I. Okay, because it's I thought it was so yeah I okay I okay yeah you say it really fast it sounds like I okay so I've yeah but (laughs) anyways so this group is basically mostly known for being Wan Young's group and Wan Young and Eugen used to be in I. Or sorry, well, I was about to ask you one. who that is. one <laughs> was recently. It was like in Eyes One. I don't know. I'm tired, maybe. But anyways, so they debuted last year. As you mentioned, and they have definitely done you know very well for themselves. Eleven was a huge monster hit for them, and Love Dive is looking to be salty because it came out like in March or April, and it's still literally up for awards. It is still at the top, near the top of the charts. It's like the Korean public cannot get enough of Love Dive. So we did watch both of their MVs. What did you think of Eleven, which was their debut? Yeah, I thought it had some a decent budget. I thought that I'm not gonna lie to you, like it wasn't remarkable, right? To me, it, it has some cute moments, but it wasn't remarkable. Did notice that they this is probably one of the groups like that we've talked about more recently that I didn't feel had a very good performance chops like mm-hmm. their dance their I don't know like their choreo was cute but I don't think they executed it well yeah 11 was just you know decent to me right it wasn't bad yeah. I thought the, the other song love dive Love Dive. I thought that one was better. I thought that one had a lot more cute elements to it in terms of the music. I can see why they they are different. There's something about them that is different. And I really can't put my finger on what exactly it is, but it is it does make them stand out from other girl groups. That said, they're no Stacy for me. Like Stacy, I immediately was okay. They they're good. They're gonna be great. This group, but it's they I think I might have to they might have to grow on me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I liked Eleven. Eleven was still one of my favorite songs from last year. And I love Drive actually surprised, surprisingly took a bit longer for me to get on board with. It's not that I hated it. I was just, oh, this is so... I think we're talking about this before the show. The, there are parts that are really, really good and like fresh and just different. You know, the... But then like there's some parts of the song that are just really generic. And I feel those parts were the ones that kind of, I remembered a little bit more. So it was kind of like, eh. But it definitely is a song. I mean, the narcissistic, my God, I love That part, like, there there are so many really good standout parts and moments in that song that, you know, I definitely have started to and grown to love it in in the future (laughs) as it is. So I'm, I am really excited to see how they fare at the end of the year on the award shows because... You know, I know we all all kind of know that they're fixed, but <laughs> it would be <laughs> really funny. interesting to see. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see if they do get the athletes that I think that they deserve. Because even though it's not as big as, say, Next Level was last year, it still is probably the biggest girl group song of the year so far. Though, 
Girls' Generation, Blackpink, and Twice are coming back next month. So who knows what will happen after that? But yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I do like I do really like both of the songs. Liz is my favorite member. I really hope that she becomes a blonde person again because I'm not really feeling her black hair. And I mean, Wan Young. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not. I, I think that she. She looks also. I'm. Like, yeah, sorry. yeah. I'm. I'm very shocked that I was gonna say I'm very shocked that Wan Young is considered the visual because I think in the in the group she's one of the ones who I feel like the Koreans like she 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 doesn't match what I feel like historically visuals have matched. This is not my personal taste or anything. This is just what I'm shocked by. So it's interesting. Yeah. Sorry. She continue. is really. She is tall which is one of the things that visuals tend not to be very tall <laughs> in a lot of these girl groups. They like them petite-ish, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I would say Liz and Eugen are my favorite members. And I think with Eugen, she, her and Wan Young really stood out to me in Eyes One as well. So it wasn't surprising when they came over to this group. And I mean, I do wonder if this group would be as popular if they didn't have former Eyes One members. <laughs> Especially someone like Wan Young, who's so popular. She's a music show host. She has so much billions that she's made in CF deals and stuff like that. And she's still only 17, guys. So it's it's like there's only up from there. But I when she's I 17. do wonder. Yeah, oh, I mean, she was born in 2004. So she's going to be oh. 18 in August, like on the 31st. I yeah, I feel bad because I don't like to talk about visual status for people. First of all, she shouldn't be a visual now that I think about it. That's kind of weird. Yeah, she shouldn't like, be, that shouldn't be her role. Yeah, but she is, okay, so I, I do wonder, as I said before, how this group would have fared if they didn't have those members in their group. <laughs> but I, I'm, I mean, like, I do think the music is still good. I think, obviously, who is in the group is definitely a, a major push for them. But mm-hmm. I do think the music is good. But yeah, it's definitely not as Stacey, like, Stacy girls, they're going down like that. They came out the gate swinging with so bad. I think so bad is still one of the best out of the four gen. It is definitely mm-hmm. the best debut groups, girl group song. Honestly, Stacy came out and and really like. It's so funny that they want to be. Ive is supposed to be the complete group or whatever from the beginning, but Stacy was the actual complete group from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, here I go stoking the competition amongst <laughs> K-popers, but I, I have to be honest, you know. So, and, and that's my honest opinion. Is I just think that they they have a lot of work to do and it's, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's most people have a lot of work to do. Most artists don't start off at the top. Like, yeah. Yeah. And even be realistic, even the idols or the celebrities or musicians or not that do come out of the game, swimming, swinging, like they have years of practice and work that they put into it. Like Beyonce was literally being trained by her father before she, that's new child even debuted. So it's not like people are automatic. There are some people who are automatically gifted and good at what they do, but that refinement, you know, that that level of professionalism, that takes work and, and, and hard work from everybody. So, yeah, I mean, we definitely, we like their music. You know, I like the girls. I'm sure that if Jimin gave, like, looked into them, she would like the girls as well. And yeah, we hope to see more from Ive and, but definitely... You know, we'll work a little bit more on their performance. 
that would also, probably bring them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, a message to all the K-pop companies out there. Please, for the love of God, stop coming up with the dumbest names for these <laughs> and then trying to come up with some half-ass explanation for it. Yeah. Y'all been doing this for way too long, way too many years, and I'm tired of it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, but yes, everyone, that is the show. We hope that yeah. you liked it, you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, you can feel free to reach out to us at Gmail at notyouraveragenizens at gmail.com. On Twitter at Nyan Edison, on Facebook and Instagram at notyouraveragenizens. We are responsive, so... You know, if you have anything to say, you can definitely share it. We hope you like this episode. We are <laughs> we are trying to be, you know, a lot more timely. So the next episode will hopefully be on time. But, you know, technology can sometimes be a hindrance. So there's not much we can do on that front. We're going to try our best, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. And also, let's end. Well, before we go, any shout outs? Yes. So I have so many shout outs. I need to lower the list. Shout out to my son. Shout outs to Mark Lee, the hardest working man in K-pop. Shout outs. <laughs> shout outs to what if that's not even true anymore? We just spread in that propaganda. It's fine. It's shout out. Shout out to my son, Odie. Odie, if you guys don't know, he is so to Subin from two by two. He has a pet hedgehog named Odie and the hedgehog i mean odie's just so cute and honestly he's he's a mood he's always tired of subin's antics he's always ready to kill one of the two by two boys he's always just chilling living in subin odie is like that old black man that be sitting like that be telling the kids to get out of his yard that's (laughs) and i love and i love it I love every bit of it. So shout outs to Odie. We love you. Shout outs to, shout outs to every, let me think. I'm trying to be very strategic about this. Yeah, I think that's all. Actually, I think that's all my shout outs. I I really love Odie. So he's just so amazing. I Google him. If you don't know who he is, blow him up on the internet, make him popular. He deserves it. And honestly, let's petition for Subin to give Odie his own Instagram. So yeah. How am I going to ask for Odie to have his own Instagram and Subin don't even have his own Instagram? Uh, but yes. <laughs> All right. So shout outs to us, me and Jimmy, hey. for this wonderful yes. show and for, you know, coming on here and having a good time. Shout out to Jay and Ash. Shout out to the listeners. Thank you for, you know, spend this time with us and for the support the continued support throughout the years shout out to bam bam who took a slight break he needed some rest and relaxation but he's gonna be at some show festival some stuff in at the end of the month with jackson actually they're both gonna be there so i'm really excited to see that and you know i love bam bam so Ah, shout out to him forever and shout out to Jessica, who's just doing her thing on Sister Who Makes Babes and is, I, really quickly, just really, really fast. One of my favorite things about this show is how Chinese, in terms of the, the culture, how, how rich it is culturally. Because I feel like whenever I watch these kind of competition shows with Koreans, you know, Produce 101 or something like that, it's like, 
there's so much of a Western feel to it that you don't really, you know, get anything that's sort of unique or different. But this show, it's like every aspect of it is very, very culturally rich. So like it, I don't know, I, I kind of just, I, I feel like I'm watching and learning always at the same time when I'm watching this show. And, but it, it doesn't feel like work. It's, it's still very much entertainment. So yeah, I, I want to give a shout out to that, to Sisters Who Make Waves, because I think that it's a fantastic show, not just for people who are over 30, but just in general, for anybody who is living out their dream and, you know, wants a little motivation. So yes, definitely watch it and support Jessica for her. Anyways, if yeah. you mix tuna, canned tuna with shredded cheese and put it in the air fryer, you don't deserve an air fryer. I'm confused. What it, Are you putting it on like a pita bread or something or just... No, you're just making tuna cheese. I look, I, I, this is why we, people need to stop cooking. And on Instagram. <laughs> oh, of course it's a keto meal. Ah, uh, okay. Of course. That's, of course. that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cause, okay. Here's the thing. I don't want to judge anybody. Let me, I just realized I came off really judgy. I don't want to judge how, the way anybody eats, but I just want to say it's people who be like doing this stuff as a meme. You know yeah. what I mean? You ever yeah, see yeah. those like videos? Yeah. It's one of those types of situations. So. Yeah, no, no. It definitely feels like it is more people are doing things just for the sake of doing it and putting it on TikTok or Instagram than and then no people are like it. it. And people are going to be like, ew, this meal is so gross. And that's the whole point of it. So I get that. But yeah, we're going to go. Have a good night, guys. (laughs) Bye. Good night.